my Lovitz podcast. I love this podcast. It's getting you with it. Um, this hits different because it was my first almost attempt at a song post-Mary. <laughs> and of course, it's Taylor Swift. I mean, what's new? Did we expect anything different? No. Anyways, welcome back to Get Video with the Podcast, everyone. I am your co-host. Nope, I am your, still getting used to these things. I am your host, Holly Stark-Lockett, and I am so excited to be here with another guest today. So um, I will, obviously, we'll dive into that here shortly. Uh, today on the podcast, we have Natasha Trenatum, which I have talked about in the last couple episodes, so I'm not even going to say too much. She's going to just drop a lot of truth bombs on health and gut health and why it is important to take care of our guts. Um, so I'm really excited for you guys to hear the episode. Uh, but since it's been a little bit, of course, we're going to do some of our little check-ins and segments. Um, so I wanted to start off with our planetary check-in. So uh, I've really been liking kind of looking up the planetary alignments and I want to get in a better habit of like looking into more stuff around astrology and that way when I do these planetary check-ins I can give even more information around like what it means because that is something I am still very much learning I know basics uh, but with that being said I'm not there yet and that is okay uh, so in the next upcoming two weeks because at this point um, the next podcast episode will be coming out on the 31st of July and so Essentially, as you're listening to this on Ju uh, July 17th, uh, it is a new moon. So the moon is coming into Leo. It is Leo season. That is my husband's season. So love that. Uh, Leo is really strong energy, vibrant. Think lion. That is what I think of for Leo energy. Just little nudge there. Uh, but after that, uh, moving into July uh, 20th is a Thursday. The moon then moves into Virgo. A uh, little bit later on, on Saturday, July 22nd, the sun moves into Leo. Then the following day, July 23rd, it's a Sunday, the moon moves into Libra. And then finally, in the next couple of uh, weeks before I meet you guys again, uh, on Tuesday, July 25th, we'll have the moon move into Scorpio. So if you can't tell, moon is in a different astrological sign. Um, for a couple of days essentially and then it, it changes so um it is something that does frequently change um but we are like i said entering leo season as a whole which the season is uh obviously when your sun sign is your birthday is so for instance husband's birthday august 13th therefore he's a leo um so yeah very exciting stuff but so that is this uh this bi-weeklies <laughs> climate check and I always want to say weekly um moving into my kind of um favorites that I've recently had I thought of three specifically so the first one is going to be something that I feel like a lot of people can relate to and or people don't relate to at all and that is I have been consuming so much Barbie content recently <laughs> Um, not maybe traditional Barbie content. Uh, I am very excited for the new Barbie movie. I think it's going to be so good. I know this past week, the new um, Ken song came out. If you haven't seen it, it's like the new trailer, but it's just one of Ryan 
Gosling's Ken songs. And it's chef's kiss, if you will. Like, I just, I love the energy of this movie. Uh, so I'm very excited about that. But the other Barbie stuff I've been into is who could have guessed it sims related um so yeah i've been having a lot of fun personally getting creative in the sims by creating barbie inspired sim looks i've been finding like iconic barbie outfits and or some of the ones that we have seen marco robbie in in the movie and then recreating them in the sims and then i'm also um building one of the Barbie Malibu greenhouse that I just found a picture of on Google um, in the Sims as well for Barbie to live in, obviously. <laughs> and then aside from that, I've also found a new YouTuber that I have been obsessed with recently. Her name is Whiny Brit. I will uh, link it below, but um, essentially she's a Sims YouTuber. Again, surprise, surprise. Uh, but essentially she has... Uh, currently a Barbie Let's Play, where a Let's Play, essentially, if you are new to gaming, is, you know, where you're playing, with some, where someone's playing with, like, the characters, they're playing through it, so it's not, like, just a building video or, you know, anything like that, um, they're playing with those characters, and so it's called a Let's Play, um, but she has a current series that is Barbie in high school, but then she has one that's from, like, a year or two ago, um, that's, like, 20-ish episodes, 25 episodes, I think, and it's Barbie as an adult, and it's not your classic Barbie. It is the Barbie who's getting shit-faced and, uh, you know, yelling at Midge and Mindy and cheating on Ken and smoking some bongs. It's it's hilarious. Um, so if you do like gaming content, even if you don't play The Sims, but like you like to watch gamers, I would recommend if you like Barbie watching it. Again, I'll have Whiny Britt's channel um, linked below. I think her name is Carla, maybe? Um I honestly would love to have a conversation with her. I think she's so fucking hilarious. But anyways, so that's where my head has been at. Very Barbie, very pink. Um, the second favorite of mine is going to be uh, a song by Hosier. I'm pretty sure it released before, like last time the podcast even was out, but I don't think I've talked about it. Uh, it's his song Unknown slash N. It is such a good song. I like, I can't even describe the words are just so beautiful. Um, yeah, it just, it takes me away. And that's all I'm going to say. So just go listen to it. It's on Spotify. It's everywhere. Uh, very last favorite is going to be small challenges. And what I mean by this, it kind of ties into my habits a little bit as well, is I have been trying to just take small challenges um, to get into habits that I want to form. So crochet, getting into different games that I get overwhelmed with learning, etc. I've been making sure I take uh, at least once a week and, you know, taking 20 to 30 minutes. I'm obviously going to build on that, but because I see how overwhelmed I get, I think it's a small steady like way to start it. And so that's something I've been doing the last few weeks. I've been playing a different game um, called Unpacking that I've been really, really liking. And I, um, I'm going to get back into crochet, um, but that's going to lead into our habit check-in. So as of recently, I feel like I've been doing pretty good with check, um, with check-ins, with habits. Um, I have been reading a lot recently. I have not finished City Girls yet, but I am getting closer to being done. So very exciting. I'm loving this book. My gua sha, I've been staying on consistently two to three times a week. Uh, same with Reiki. Movement this week has been a little bit down, but, um, you know, I feel like 
we all have our ups and flows and creation, getting outside, all of those have been so easy for me recently. So I am really loving that piece of it. So that is this uh, bi-weekly habit check-in. So with that, let's go ahead and dive into this uh, interview with Natasha Trunav, and I will see you guys on the other side. Welcome back. I'm so excited to be joined by another amazing guest today. I am here with Natasha, and I actually did not remember to ask, is the last name Trenev? Am I saying that correctly? You are saying it absolutely correct. Yes, I usually don't do that. <laughs> so welcome, Natasha. Thank you so much for being on. Oh, it's my pleasure. I always like to um, teach people. I like to educate them, and hopefully my words can enlighten them, uh, make their life better and their health better. I love it. And so let's dive in. Tell us who who you are and how you show up in this world. Okay, for 54 years, I've been dealing with fermented foods. And I actually established a whole category of probiotics. Um, so it came from uh, learning about starter cultures with my family's business, who started with a Bulgarian natural style yogurt in the mid 1960s while I was still in high school and then going into college and uh, teaching Americans about real Bulgarian style yogurt uh, and you know why it was much more healthy and better for you. And then we also were the first ones to introduce the liquid acidophilus, which again, nobody knew what I was talking about. Mm -hmm. And then I decided to do the science and uh, working with the University of Nebraska had exclusive license to represent their technology about super strains. I work with the University of North Carolina, with Yale University, with Stanford, with UCLA, with the Cleveland Clinic, uh, Cedar sinai Hospital here, and on and on with the best minds in the world to figure out how it is that we can actually do something with this microbiome that's connected to every aspect of our health. Mm -hmm. And um, I developed these products um, with all the knowledge I have, not only in research, but in personal experience and knowledge from dealing with uh, what I consider the best minds in the world and putting all of that together with my best ability to make sure that I deliver probiotic organisms to the small, large intestine and to usually uh, change the ecosystem of that uh, GI tract so that the body has the tools to heal itself. And that's really the concept we should be delivering with probiotics because one, organisms are smart. Uh, we are more microbes than we are human cells. And they actually control our immune function and many functions in the body that we're not aware of. And our ignorance is, uh, I guess, leading us to a state where we have 80% of chronic illness in this country and are spending $4.3 trillion on healthcare. It's the worst record in the world. That's insane. I mean, I definitely could see it being in America that happening, but to kind of back it up for anyone who's maybe not well-versed with gut health, can you break down a little bit more of what microbiome is? Why is this important for us to know about? Okay, well, first of all, you know, we have about a hundred trillion microbes in the 27 feet of our GI tract. And I would say it's much more important for you to learn about that operating system than to know this operating system. So uh, if you, you know, because your, your health matters, if you're not healthy, you're not gonna be able to enjoy anything. And for, since I've worked with the Microbiome Trust as early as 2012, 
the original name meant the sum total of all the genes of the 100 trillion microbes we have in our GI tract. And there's many more microbes around the body, in our mouth, in our sex organs, in our, on our skin, sometimes in, in our uh, urinary tract. So, so we have it everywhere. So the, those genes number about 230 million versus our 22,000 genes. So guess whose genes outnumber ours? Theirs. Mm-hmm. So we better figure out what makes them happy to live in our body and to create that synergy on a daily basis so that not only do we have better thinking and mental clarity, we have better digestion, elimination, energy levels, and longevity. Because nobody wants to end up, uh, you know, in their 70s or 80s living in a nursing home. No, definitely not. And with a lot of things in how the U.S. and and how I've seen the U.S. go, unfortunately, I feel like that does happen to a lot of people who are so young still. Um, Kind of backing it up a little bit. I would mm-hmm. love to know, I know you said, you know, your family started the um, yogurts and things like that when you were still in high school. Did you have an interest in getting into this from that young age or was it something that you kind of started finding this interest more so when, as you got older? Yeah, no, I, I, lo- I loved it because it was part of my culture. <coughs> Excuse me, like my family really pulled me into the business because Family business uh, I inherited from my parents uh, <clears throat> who came as immigrants in this country and wanted to um, make sure that um, uh, their business would survive. So uh, after I graduated from UCLA and had a completely different life plan, I got into this and then I decided to roll up my sleeves and learn everything I can about starter cultures. I started reading books and getting literature from all over the world including the former Soviet Union, Bulgaria, the U.S. uh, libraries, various reference libraries at UCLA. And I started to arm myself and how these starter cultures are important to make the right fermented foods. And then there's different bacteria that require different culturing um, parameters in order to live in our intestinal tract. And that started fascinating me because We used to have whole church groups, other groups come to our little factory in Glendale, California, and the company was called Continental Culture Specialists. We made Continental Royal Yogurt, buying our products by the case. We were saying how much better their parishioners felt or their members felt and how much they enjoyed the product. And I started thinking, I said, wow, you know, this, there's something to this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, nobody really talked about digestive health. And nobody really knew much about the true digestion or how many bacteria are part of us, including medical doctors. So I said, you know, this is an area where we all need to be educated in. And by golly, I was hooked. I love it. I know I kind of started learning a little bit more about gut health and and the importance of it within the last few years. And I never knew how much information there was out there. And like we were talking about before we started recording, how much misinformation I have also learned is out there. Um, so for people who are maybe in that spot, they're just starting to learn about gut health, et cetera. Where do you normally, you know, where would you tell people to start to whether learn about it or just to start taking? Well, I would, you know, I would not certainly get it from the internet because unfortunately 
uh, you know, uh, internet information sometimes is accurate and sometimes it's slanted to sell you something. Mm-hmm. And that's my problem. There's no problem with uh, telling you the honest way that the gut works and then or, or then slanting it to make sure that you uh, figure out to buy their products. That's what I'm not happy with. Mm-hmm. But basically just a course in physiology, basic, you know, medical physiology, even, you know, physiology for dummies, whatever. But learn what it is about your digestive tract and the fact that the microbiome is an essential part of us. We're really a hybrid of microbes and a human selves. And if we don't understand that necessity for that to be in harmony, we're going to continue down this path of this chronic illness and it will literally, you know, bankrupt us as a nation. Yeah. And like you mentioned too, that the gut health can lead to so so many other things. And so I know something that I've even had friends ask about is, you know, how does digestive health relate to your skin, um, you know, longevity and aging, et cetera. So can you go through a little bit more on how it expands into these other, you know, your skin is a mirror of what's going on in your GI tract. And if you've got breakout or whatever, usually in Chinese medicine, they can pinpoint what part of your digestive tract is affected by that eruption on your skin. And whether it's in the stomach, whether it's in the small intestine, large intestine, where's the problem? And the skin is just talking to you with these eruptions, but we put labels like eczema, dermatitis, rosacea, acne, but it's really uh, the body talking to you that there's insufficient balance and that whatever organism is attacking the body is not being stopped sufficiently to eliminate the problem. So I tell women, so they don't bother spending thousands of dollars getting injections into their face. You know, I'm 75. I've never had any surgery on my face. I've never injected my face with anything. All I do is just normal masks. And I take my uh, my own probiotics in a layering system every day, watch my food. And then your skin doesn't have to wrinkle and get old because it's what you're doing on the inside and how you're nourishing your body from the inside that's going to show on the outside. And trust me, you do not have a face of a woman that looks 75. So (laughs) it definitely, it definitely shows. And it's very interesting that you mentioned like eczema and things like that, because that is something that I've dealt with. And I never, until this moment, never put together that that could be related. Yeah, and absolutely. Because I think there's a way, you know, uh, to sell drugs. And uh, um, I think North Americans and I think even Europeans have been sort of duped to, to think the body is incapable of healing itself and that you have to take a pill for every symptom. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, America has the best, what I call critical care and the Europeans have the best critical care, but it's not long-term. We've missed the boat on that one because we have so many chronically ill people and it's because you have 209 different chemicals in the food you have pesticides that are very potent antibiotics that destroy your microbiome. And people don't know that glyphosate that was found in Roundup was actually killing the microbiome. And that was what was causing the cancers. That's wild. Yeah, and people don't know that. This is the kind of information that's not being put together. All this information is given out in a separate tunnel and people don't see the whole vista of the valley. I'm talking about. And there's so much information 
that you have to know about before you make and discern uh, a decision that's appropriate for you. Mm -hmm. So this is what I'm saying. So, okay, so that's just a touch up of the chemicals. Then there's chemicals in the air, stuff being sprayed in the air. There's uh, definitely chemicals in the water. It's awful. We've Mm -hmm. got heavy metals, we've got lead, we've got fluoride, we've got uh, chlorine. We've got everything in the water. Uh, And so our bodies are assaulted daily by toxins. And guess what? Your genes don't turn on and off by themselves. They can only be turned on and off by three things. Your perception of reality, the microbes in your gut, or the toxins that you ingest or they produce. That's it. Your genes are there like a map, but they don't get switched on unless one of those three things are in effect. And that's the new science we call uh, epigenetics. So, or uh, this is our epidemiology. Okay. So this is where the study of how the outside affects our body and our health. Interesting. This is something I feel like I want to deep dive into on my own. So thank you for opening up (laughs) things for me. (laughs) Um, And I try to keep it simple. I don't want to get too technical because my whole point is I want people to understand the mechanism. I don't care if they remember the words Mm -hmm. or, but I just, it's important for them to understand that you're really in control of your body and your health. Yeah. And I think so, so often, at least again, from my own personal experience, sometimes I go research something and I, and I get into, you know, very scientific based things, which is great. But if it's not my field of study, it can overwhelm me and I'm not really understanding the concept. So I love that you come at, you know, kind of breaking it down in this more simplistic way so that people can, can actually understand. The whole thing of education is to make people understand the concept. Mm-hmm. The terminology can come later. Once you understand the concept, it's much easier to understand the terminology rather than try to understand the terminology and then use the words to understand the concept. Definitely. I think it's going backwards. Definitely. Um, and so we've been talking a lot more about physical coming out through kind of through the skin, through eczema, through different skin diseases, et cetera going inwards for mental health. Mm-hmm. So many people deal with mental health issues today in the US and in every country. And so can you expand a little bit more on how mental health and gut health can actually be very connected as oh, well? Right. Yeah. About 25 years ago, there was a the first book came on by a fellow from Columbia. I'm trying to remember his name, but not important. Uh, it, it talked about the gut brain health. And before, when I used to talk about that, people used to say, oh, she doesn't know what she's talking about. You know, there's nothing in the gut that can affect men- uh, mental health. Well, sure enough, uh, we'll go back 20, 15 years, and you'll see that there is a definite connection. We have a whole different nervous system called the enteric nervous system that is not controlled by the normal nervous system. And it has a nerve called the vagus nerve that goes from your abdomen to your to your first brain. And what those chemicals that are produced in the GI tract or the gastrointestinal tract are so important for our mental health. Number one is serotonin. So up to 90% of serotonin is produced in your gut. And number two, 50% of your dopamine is produced in your gut. And the gut also produces precursors to uh, help the body produce its own tryptophan, its own GABA, all these wonderful chemicals that our brain needs to stay healthy and happy. 
And it's sort of like a loop. Your negative thoughts actually reduce the numbers of beneficial bacteria and the levels then decline. And then you're not getting enough serotonin and dopamine up to the first brain. So it's like a loop. So the only way you start, you know, by in introducing into your diet, stop eating all simple sugars and simple carbs or processed food. And, you know, give your body a chance to realign itself. And then you're going to see how your mood and your whole life can change. And, you know, get into meditation. Start actually hanging out with real people instead of machines. You know, make a real friend. Have somebody you go out with regularly, a group, and you can all laugh about the same things and put the machines away. Because yeah. that human contact is so important to mental health. And I think we've be, uh, begun to forget about it in this country. And it's, I think it's what's causing a lot of, uh, a great deal of unhappiness. Definitely. And I mean, just from, uh, I had been working for home for three years with the pandemic and my mental health definitely went down because I was not only not seeing coworkers, I wasn't seeing friends as much, you know, et cetera. And within the last four months, I started a new position. I'm in an office. I see people daily and it has changed so much for me, how my personality, how I feel every day, my mental health has shifted so much. So it's, it's so important. I love that you oh. touched on that too. Yeah, absolutely. Because I would say sit down, you know, put on good music to enjoy, not music that's going to like rock you, just enjoyable music, sit down with a friend, put a basket, put your phones away, you know, look at the person, take real interest in the person you're with and share and, you know, chew your food. People just wolf down food and they treat the body like a junkyard. Yeah. And it's not, it needs to be nourished with love and affection because your body is a smart entity. It's not mm -hmm. stupid. It's actually part of your subconscious and it will react to your emotions. And if you keep dumping chemicals and processed foods, it's going to start decaying and eventually die. Definitely. And I think it's one of the reasons we have an explosion of colon cancer. I see it now in younger people, especially under the age of 45. It's horrific. It's actually frightening to me how many young people have colon cancer. Mm -hmm. And the numbers have risen, I believe, by 20% in the last decade. Wow. Yeah. It's not good. And it's rising rapidly in older people. So they've identified that it's definitely microbes that we've picked up in our food, in our environment, and, you know, bacteria everywhere. And, some, and somehow everybody has to take a good course in sanitation, how to keep their house clean, their body clean, their cooking area clean. And I, always, and I recommend that people learn how to wash their vegetables and fruits appropriately even if they are organic. Yes, I that is a huge one. I feel like there's so many people I know that, oh yeah, I just kind of rinse it off. No, <laughs> please don't. Please do more than that. No, because, you know, they're using now, I was just reading today, uh, chicken feces as a fertilizer for organic food. And I'm saying, oh my God, and that feces is full of resistant microbes to most antibiotics other toxic chemicals, and God knows what else. Yeah. And, you know, this is then picked up by the organic food, and then it's there. And mm -hmm. I tell people organic food usually have more bacteria because that's what makes it organic than pesticide-laden food. Because remember I told you pesticides are like natural antibiotics. 
Yeah. And, and that's why you have to wash even your organic food by soaking it in a solution of water and, you know, distilled white vinegar or baking soda. You know, if you go online, they give you the proportions. And, you know, this is, again, you have to take the time because people just want to be on the phone or doing something. They don't realize that there's a beautiful ritual in preparing food and sharing with others and laughing and having a good time that's so important to not only our spiritual, but our physical well-being. Yeah. And kind of staying on the topic of food, I would love to hear uh, whether it's kind of meals that you really like or just foods that are very good for the gut. But if someone is trying to make a change in their life, trying to eat better for their gut health and, and all of their other health, mm-hmm. you know, where what are some foods that, you know, you would go to or some of your favorites that you recommend? Well, I do eat eggs. I think eggs are the best source of protein and I don't separate the egg whites from the egg yolk. I think people are learning that things that were made in nature are perfect the way they are. They don't have to change them. Um, You know, I like uh, avocados. I I include a lot of avocados, naturally good uh, fats. If I do have salads, I'm very careful, you know, that I chew it very thoroughly. I usually try to saute peas to have as a meal, green beans. Uh, I stuff zucchini with um, ground dark turkey meat. That's my new favorite. Usually get uh, organic ground turkey meat. And, you know, I'm just very careful from what I do and how I eat. And uh, I'm not a vegetarian. I do consume milk and dairy because that's what's in my heritage. Mm I just make sure that it's all organic and that I usually make my milk into a homemade yogurt and that we, you know, consume on a regular basis. And if my refrigerator is filled with just food that you need to prepare, there's, you know, the only thing prepared that I have is tomato sauce that I buy from Italy, uh, maybe some tuna, you know, and sardines. That's about it. I don't have cans or boxes of stuff in my uh, house. Mm -hmm. I love that. I think that's a very good way to say it because I I know that there's a kind of a a saying out uh, um, there that's, you know, you should shop the, the outer edges of the store, not the inner, where all yeah. the cans and the boxes and everything else pre-made is. So I think that's a very good example of just that. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, if people knew that, for instance, the uh, latest discovery, uh, ground chicken used in fast food has about 40% wood pulp in it. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And the reason we have, one of the reasons we have a gluten sensitivity as gluten was used as a normal filler for hamburgers and other foods and fast foods to keep the product cost down. Interesting. Yeah. And, and they're not required to tell you that, which is terrible, but you know, coming to the gut, you know, I have said for at least 40 years that every disease known to humanity has its beginning in the gut because your gut is the opening from your body to the outside world. And people don't know that digestion starts in the mouth. And why we have stomach acid is not just to break down proteins, but to actually kill the background bacteria that comes in with every food, no matter how much you wash it and cook it, there's still background bacteria. So that background bacteria is then killed by the stomach acid. And then the food is dumped into the small intestine where, you know, fats are emulsified and the rest of the carbohydrate digestion takes place. So... By taking an antacid, you are interfering 
with a very vital function of your body. First of all, you can't digest your protein. And second of all, you're going to get all these bacteria into your gut that are going to be attacking your body and looking for weaknesses to open up the intestinal lining and get into your bloodstream. Because most people are not aware that bacteria are everywhere in your sex organs, in your every organ of your body, your liver, your brain cells, they're everywhere. So the first protection you want to make sure is they don't get into that bloodstream, which goes everywhere in your body, and they get a free ride to wherever they want to go. Yeah. And so that's the whole point. You know, this is one thing that many people do. They just pop antacids or take acid blockers all day long for months. And this is horrible. If they knew that they're actually begging to get a serious problem because they're now disrupting one of the most vital functions you have because every minute you lose 10 million cells and your body has to replace those cells because every year your whole body remakes itself. The 50 trillion cells, if you don't have the right microbes to help your body produce what we call healthy proteins, you're gonna start producing cheap proteins. And sooner or later, those cheap proteins will make a disease, whether it's cancer, autoimmune disease, a disease will manifest because you're now make, making defective cells. Wow. You see? Pardon me? So that's mind blowing. Yeah. And, you know, this is why I tried to explain the whole process. And you can't just throw in any probiotic organisms because the objective of every microbe in the world is to promote its own kind or to multiply its own kind. So if you try to throw in all these species in one bottle, uh, first of all, they're going to destroy each other because they're all one dominance. Second of all, you're going to stress them out. And some of them even inhibit each other once you take them. So, you know, this concept of you're going to buy a shelf stable, well, bacteria are not going to stop growing because you want them to be shelf stable. They're still going to grow. And any beneficial ones left will be very little and not be able to do any good. Right. So again, this shelf stability was a consumer gimmick to get people to buy stuff so it's convenient for them. Well, I'm sorry, life is not convenient. And the truth <laughs> is not convenient. Definitely. So you have to meet the criteria of these bacteria if you're going to anticipate anything good happening. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes sense. And when you're talking, I wanted to ask too, because you're you're talking about, you know, taking like acid reflux medications, et cetera. Yeah. With gut health, I, I you know, I, I've always heard all this stuff about prebiotics, probiotics, take this, take that. And there's so many different prebiotics and probiotics. Okay, I'll make it very simple. Don't yeah. touch prebiotics. Why? A yeah. Prebiotics is a nice tech, uh, marketing technical term that stands for indigestible sugars or carbohydrates, meaning that that's a longer molecule chain of three or more that your body doesn't recognize and can't digest. So guess what? It becomes direct food for the bacteria. Now, the premise for prebiotics is that it's only going to feed the good bacteria. Yes, it does feed the good bacteria, but it can also feed not so friendly bacteria. You never want to throw a food source into a system and think that in this age where we have 80% chronic illnesses, that only the good bacteria are going to eat that indigestible sugar or carbohydrate. Mm 
So I just said, forget anybody that advertises that. It's not, not a good idea. Forget anything that sits on the shelf. Forget anything that has four or more probiotics listed on the container without giving you the exact amount of each of that bacteria that's in there. Not a group of bacteria, but each specific bacteria. How many colony forming units are up in that bacteria at the time of an expiration date? Not in grams, not in a total count, mm -hmm. but how much of that bacteria that's listed on the label will survive through an expiry date in order to make an impact? Number two, who's the researcher and the formulator of that product? Who actually put those bacteria together with some knowledge of fermented foods and fermentation, of you know, knowing the literature, knowing how to make the product, knowing how to stabilize the product, knowing how to ship the product, if you don't know who the actual formulator, and I'm sorry, doctors are not taught formulation in medical school. All they do is they read journal entries. It doesn't mean anything mm -hmm. because they don't have any in-depth knowledge of how those organisms grow, how they need to be stabilized, and how they need to be administered in order to help uh, to help the body. Wow. You'd think that I don't know, like you'd think of, like, so many doctors recommend different things that they would be trained in something like that. Obviously, I'm sure there are some, but uh, some of them you know, have, have known. But, you know, I've, I've talked to thousands of doctors in my 54 years in this, mm -hmm. and most of them don't know. They're not they when they're taught microbiology is to understand what a disease causing organism is and what treatment is prescribed for that organism. They really Many of them, I would say, or maybe most of them, don't know exactly what goes on in the GI tract, what you know facilitates digestion. Some of them may know parts of it, but they really don't know. And that's what I'm saying, that when I get into an in-depth conversation of probiotic organisms, they, they stop at a certain level. Because somebody selling, but because what they're used to is pharmaceutical cell reps, giving them uh, selected data, and then believing what that sales rep is telling them uh, combined with the data they put on their desk and they literally have 10 to 15 minutes to even look at the data. All they see it's published in a reputable journal. Somebody's saying nice about this, but whether that corresponds to the product they're selling or not has no uh, reality. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I, there, you said so many things too about, about picking out a probiotic that I never thought of, uh, you know, like a shelf life, things like that. And that makes sense. Um, so I'm re going to rethink some things. I'm going to thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I, in, in, in a, you know, and because I'm the uh, person who set the first probiotic labeling standard adopted by well over 5,000 members of the National Nutritional Foods Association, voted on in by 18, no, 1989, and they all promised to, you know, self, try to self-regulate. It was ignored. Then they asked me to uh, presented to congressional record, and it was read into a congressional record, still ignored. In fact, they destroyed the industry because they didn't want something called true label, not just for probiotics, but for every supplement that's sold. That's insane. Yeah. And, you know, all the time I see reports for 10 years, I sat on a standards committee and about 80% of the dietary supplements don't have inside the bottle what they list on the label. That's so sad. It is sad. And so it's buyer beware. Mm -hmm. And as an industry, I should say, leader 
and really one of the founders, later founders of the whole health food movement, I'm really appalled what's going on. And that's why I'm doing this. And it's not to eliminate competition. It's to encourage better competition. Yeah, definitely. You want, obviously, I think survive on competition, but you you want people doing the right things and doing it for the right reasons. And, and yeah, I can't possibly, you know, in the early days, if we knew that Nestle owned a health food company, we would never buy a product from that uh, company. Yeah. Uh, or if any Fortune 500 company owned, owned a health food company, we would mm-hmm. never buy anything from them. Now, nobody even knows who owns what. Uh, it's very true. Yeah. yeah. And so and so we have to get back to the basics, the movement. You know, I was there with the hippie era and, you know, when people would just get thrown out of the store if they even dared to put something in that the group didn't like. Mm-hmm. And 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 so it was pretty tight control. That wasn't always fair, but it was a much better system than we have now, because now everybody just believes whatever anybody tells them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially in probiotics. So going on. I said, so forget anything sitting on the shelf. It's mm-hmm. worthless. Uh, now we get into the cooler. I say it has to be in a brown uh, amber bottle with a tin lid. Why? Because you want to keep moisture up. Those bacteria are so hungry for moisture. Why? Because they're very eager to start the life cycle. Any small amount of moisture in the smallest amount will trigger their growth cycle. And they're inside what we call a closed-ended system. A capsule or a bottle does not bring in more food and does not uh, expel uh, waste. Mm-hmm. So they're stuck. They're literally stuck. And anything that triggers their growth cycle means they're going to become stressed and they're not going to be able to perform for you. Interesting. Uh, and so what people have resorted to is to using soil organisms, which are dangerous because they're spore formers. Spore formers were made so that they can survive in the outside hostile environment. And I said, you know, when I used to have debates with them and I said, excuse me, when did you ever think that you bring in foods in from the garden and you started eating the dirt along with the vegetables? And I said, no. Well, I said, why? Because that's where the bacteria are. They're also in the vegetable. That's why you wash them. Even if you pick them from your own garden. Mm-hmm. Why? Because you want to get whatever is on that leaf of vegetable off because you don't want to ingest it. Mm-hmm. And spore formers, that's another two hour lecture, can definitely change and produce toxins that can not only get rid of their competition, which may not be a good idea, and start hurting your body. Wow, just the opposite of what someone taking it was going to want. Yeah, that's and I've always invited everybody, you know, they're gonna say, oh, it's been used in such and such a culture. And I said, maybe. And maybe those people are tolerant, but it's not every culture that develops a tolerance. And we don't even know what amounts they consumed or how they consume. If it's used to make a fermented food, it doesn't mean you use it. Like we know Aspergillus niger uh, makes tryptophan, but would we want to swallow the organism? No. Mm-mm. Okay. Yeah. So that's the kind of uh, inaccuracies and those what I call little sound bites that people use to capture your attention. Okay, so now we're in the cooler. So now you have to choose a any species from lactobacillus or bifidobacteria. And you have to know why those species were chosen. Have they evolved with humanity? And have they been in the literature for at least 100 years? I don't use anything that hasn't been in the literature 
for at least 100 years and has an impeccable safety record, period. So if it doesn't have an impeccable safety record, I don't use it. Mm-hmm. And so I only stick to four bacteria. Why? It's not that I don't know anything about the others. I know all about them. And I could have a choice to do it if I wanted to just make money. Mm-hmm. But no, my objective is not just to make money. My objective is to make sure people understand and have the knowledge to choose. So first of all, there has to be an organism that wants to live in your small intestine and is evolved with you. One that wants to live in your large intestine, one that's part of your transient flora and actually helps to pre-digest the food and that they're all kept separate in some way until they're allowed to go into your body, which is a huge ecosystem and they don't have to compete for space or food because there's a lot of space and a lot of food. Actually, your small intestine, if spread out, can cover a whole tennis court. Wow. Yeah. I did not know it was that long. <laughs> yeah. So so these are the kind of concepts people have to understand. Yeah. You know, we have to put in the bacteria that evolved with us, that are part of us, and that they want to live in that area that you think that they're going to live. Yeah. It can't be just some fancy name and somebody did some research and blah, blah, blah. Now everybody thinks it's good. For instance, I'll give you an example. Uh, a lot of manufacturers, especially for mood, are using this bacteria called Lactobacillus plantarum. You don't have to remember that. Okay. <laughs> but it's, it's just think of the plant and that's right. how you remember the name. So it does come from the outside. It was effectively used in wheat silos to control fungal and um, uh, yeast overgrowth or fungus overgrowth in the wheat silos. And so it's a very strong bacteria. So uh, I've been doing research and I've been doing in vitro testing and two new products that I tested, and I don't want to say names because even if I'm right, I could still be sued. Uh, it shows that it inhibits, you know, four species of bifidobacteria. So now you're taking a bacteria to help you with your mood, uh, possibly other things that they're claiming, but what happens if they also start inhibiting the bacteria that's necessary for your large intestinal health, which is, by the way, very important to your immunity, to disposal system, it needs to get rid of the toxins so that your liver isn't burdened. So it basically gets used like a drug because it's not really there to restart or reconvene the optimal balance of the whole GI tract. It's there to take care of a symptom. And that's what we should not be doing with probiotic organisms. They should not be designed to cure any system uh-huh. or any symptom, I'm sorry. They're there to uh, be part of you, to have a background of being a part of you and to uh, stimulate that optimal balance so that your immune health can flourish because now that it's in harmony with the bacteria, your skin can be, get better, your digestion can get better and there's no disturbance in that balance that happens for any reason. It's like, wow, you take care of your gut and so much, so much good comes of it everywhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Who knew? laughs> yeah. And I tell people, hey, look, if you're planning on overeat, you got to take extra and take uh, after because your porridge system, it's like you're overloading it. Mm-hmm. And now it's got to be able to eliminate waste and toxic byproducts that you can be producing with this. I said, why on earth, if you're planning to abuse your product, don't do something to help it. Right. Yeah. I mean, 
You know, I mean, we all know when we overindulge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Our bodies always can feel it. (laughs) And I tell people, hey, look, you know, you drink too much alcohol, you're going to have a hangover. Why do you have a hangover? Because your poor liver is saying, oh, my God, what do I do with this stuff? You know, and that's why you have a hangover because your body's just not able to neutralize the toxins from whatever you ingested. Mm -hmm. And it's not a social commentary. It's not... I mean, I'm just talking basic physiology 101. Right, definitely. And so, you know, we make the choices and you can make the choice to be really healthy, full of fun and vigor, enjoy the outdoors, enjoy the company, or you're going to constantly be struggling with something and running to the doctor all the time because you've got pains and aches and you don't feel good and you're constantly, you know, not able to enjoy your life. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's sadly a lot of people that, uh, that are in that, that situation and don't know what to do. So I'm, I'm very happy we're having this conversation to hopefully shed some light and, and help people maybe start to change things. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, it's so easy, you know, uh, you know, we all talk about changing the environment. Well, you know, stop, stop buying processed foods, you know, start your own garden as a way to get, you know, good mental health, start yeah. dealing with plants, go outside, smell flowers. You'd be amazed what a, a calming, wonderful effect that has on you. Oh yeah, definitely. definitely. Even if you just have an apartment, you can do a little hydroponic stuff, mm-hmm. something in your apartment. Yeah. Just have greenery around you can change your life. Yes. Even if it's just like those little, little, uh, like window basil, like yeah. things, like yeah. it doesn't have to be too crazy. I have definitely learned that having some sort of greenery and plants is so helpful to just the environment. It just, it just perks you up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I know everybody loves their pet. You can have pets. And that's what I'm saying that the changes we can make are so subtle Yeah, and we can just, you know, start cleaning up our water, start cleaning up our local neighborhood. Don't worry about the big picture right now. Start cleaning up because we got a chronic condition crisis in this nation that needs to be turned around Mm -hmm. uh you know i deal with autistic kids and you know i keep saying to people we've got billions of dollars we're spending every year and it's just helping people deal with the crisis but actually the numbers get worse every year Mm -hmm. so last year it was one in 30 okay now they're talking about 2030 it's going to be one in two wow Mm -hmm. One and two. And the crisis of the chronic disease is going to increase. I mean, how much worse can we get if we're at 80% right now? We're going to have a collapse of our society and our medical system. Mm -hmm. And And, and we just got to take our life back. You know, our body is the most magnificent machine ever. You can't compare it with an AI, nothing. Mm -hmm. It, It has the ability to repair yourself by itself. If you give it the tools, both the psychological and the physiological, and has the perfect ability to rebuild itself and get itself healthy. Definitely. And I know something that I have always been very into is having not always very set routines, but just 
sometimes morning and evening routines just for my own personal health, whether it's helping me get moving and, and going in the morning, getting outside, reading, whatever, and same thing in the evening. So I'd love to hear if you have anything that you do, um, whether it's for gut health or for just, you know, just general everyday health that you have in the well, morning. Yeah. You know, in the morning I have, uh, uh, my, my triple filtered water <laughs> with, um, some Japanese minerals that I put in there and my powdered probiotics. That's like the first thing I drink, like a big glass like this, you know, big glass like this. The reason it looks a little yellow because it's still got minerals in there. And that's the first thing I drink in the morning. And then after that, I just sit down for 15 to 20 minutes, you know, meditate. You want to pray, pray, you know, just look at your day and say, you know, I, you know, accept that you're going to achieve and you're going to have the most wonderful day. Give that, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes to yourself. Don't look at your phone. Don't check your text. Don't check your email. Stop with that addiction. It's not good. Just sit down for 20 minutes. Give it to yourself. Breathe, you know, you know, go outside, maybe in your garden, breathe the fresh air, enjoy the moment and just plan out your day and how it's going to be terrific for you. I love that. And it's, it's starting your day with positivity too, which I think is so important because I'm so many people start their day on their phone or on a device and that, you know, immediately takes them to negative, you know, headspace. So definitely is so important to start within and, and kind of bring that out. So I like yeah. that you do that. My, as well. my friend wrote a book in the 1980s. Nobody remembers her now. Uh, she wrote, she wrote, if you love me, don't feed me junk. It's just not about food. It's also junk thoughts, Definitely. junk behavior. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, putting in negativity because your minds do create your reality. Mm -hmm. And and if, you, if you're constantly negative and, uh, you know, need this, you know, it's like an addiction. Oh, I need to be fed all this information. But just think to yourself, what is that? How is that information improving my life? How is it making it better? Hey, do I want to live in that reality or do I want to, want to create a reality for myself where I'm really happy? Mm -hmm. And I think that's a, an easy answer for if people really think about that question. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, you know, and then I usually have my two soft boiled eggs and maybe I'll have some of my rice cake with my avocado. And that's usually breakfast for me. I like it. You know, and I do believe in eating salt because I think salt is very necessary to produce stomach acid. The reason salt is forbidden is because all of your prepared foods, that's all they are, either sugar or salt. Mm -hmm. Because once they're prepared, they lose that natural flavor. And foods do have a flavor if you know how to choose them. They have yeah. their own flavor. And salt is necessary because it's part of the chemical production of stomach acid. Interesting. I did not know that. It's very interesting. Yeah. Hydrochloric acid is produced by potassium chloride. Okay. Okay. So, you know, by everybody being told not to eat real salt, mm -hmm. they, how are they going to produce stomach acid? Yeah. Yeah. And just the reason they have problems with blood pressure is because they're consuming all this food with sodium, huge mm -hmm. levels of sodium, which is, that's what's causing the problem, not by eating normal amounts of salt. Right. Right. That's doing the little bit of extra research to figure things out. Yeah. There's a book written on salt. I'm trying to remember the author because I've got hundreds of books, but I need to find it because they were talking about that we've been sort of brainwashed not to eat salt because, yeah. you know, 
But in the Balkans, people eat salt. They eat a lot of salt because they perspire. They walk every day. If they didn't mm -hmm. salt, they wouldn't be able to survive. Right, definitely. You know, try running and not eating salt and see how far you go. Yeah, <laughs> it won't be far. <laughs> <laughs> so, and you know, and salt was meant to destroy bacteria as well. Interesting. So I tell people, yeah, I mean, that was the first form of uh, preservation. I never knew that. I yeah. never I'm like mind blown by so much that you've told me. I can't wait to listen to this back and like fully digest everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm giving people, you know, information that they get from here, they get from there. Somebody's looking at, you know, you don't want your belly to bloat. Well, the reason your belly bloats is you're having eating food that your body can't digest for itself. So the bacteria are creating gas as a byproduct because they're eating the food that you can't digest. It's simple. Yeah. So if you're eating a lot of raw foods that you're not able to digest, of course, you're going to blow up like the Goodyear blimp mm -hmm. because the byproduct of bacteria interacting with that food is gas and everybody makes gas. It's normal every day, but not when it can't be released. And that's usually when the bacteria are eating too much of the food that your body didn't digest and they're creating excess gas, not normal gas, excess gas that's causing this bloat. Interesting. Interesting. You know, nobody ever tells you that. Just get rid of your boat. Well, well, you know, it's like, hey, why don't you get rid of your hand because it's causing a nuisance? Yeah. <laughs> and I tell people, you know, and, and like most people will go for an operation because insurance is paying for it because they don't want to pay a penny out of pocket to maintain the most important thing for their health and longevity is their body. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm not saying don't get surgery. I mean, people get crazy calls. She said, don't think. I didn't say that, guys. <laughs> I didn't say that, guys. I said, don't go just for surgery because insurance is paying for it. Right. Just because. Yeah, just, just because. Of, think of, about it. First. And trying yeah. that first. Definitely. Ask, you know, ask multiple people. Get multiple, you know, opinions. You know, pray on it. Uh, meditate on it. See what your body says. Yeah. You know, don't just be mindless, you know, absorbing it, all kinds of information every day and not able to make a decision to make your life better. Mm -hmm. Definitely. You know, we would just have a better world if people stop being addicted to new information that's useless. Yeah. Yeah. Or just stopped and processed information sometimes too, probably. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I say. Keep your food choices simple. And you got to take probiotics because unfortunately you have to take the right probiotics that have their own nutrition are selected to really live inside your body, to survive stomach acid, to be tolerant to bile, to make it all through that so that, you know, you, you can change the digestion because until we clean up the food, the air and the, and the uh, water, mm -hmm. we're, we're going to need these probiotics because I haven't created the condition. I'm just a messenger and I don't make the rules. Mm -hmm. That's what I tell people. I'm only here to tell you that unfortunately we've made this circumstance and now we have to give the body the tool to come into that optimal balance so we can enjoy health. Yes, definitely. And so I think that's a beautiful place to wrap up and ask you one of my favorite questions to ask guests. And that is what is one thing you are incredibly grateful for today, Natasha? What am I grateful for is the ability to teach. Uh, that gives me the most pleasure. 
uh, when people call me up and say, thank you, you've saved my life. There is no substitute, no amount of money, no amount of anything that can substitute that feeling when you know that somebody has called you and thanked you. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And so last question for you is where can my listener find you? And, you know, where can they find the the business, the company and actually start diving more into their health? Well, you know, you could go to natrin.com, which is N-A-T-R-E-N.com. And you can actually call and have live people. They're not telemarketers. They're actual people that can structure a precision probiotic program that suits you and get back to me. Have you been on them for a week? I wanna hear from you. And so you call the number 866, the number four, and you spell out the word Natrin, N-A-T-R-E-N. And most of the ladies that have worked with with me have been 10, 15 years, 20 years, and they never wanna leave because they said this model works for us because we feel like we're really touching so many lives. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that. And I will have everything down below. So if anyone wants to go to the site, call in, et cetera, you could just go to the show notes and grab it. But thank yeah. you so much for, for diving into everything. I feel like I could probably go so much deeper on these areas with you, but I'm glad this is a first surface conversation to kind of introduce people at least, if anything. Uh, I used to have my own radio show in the, in the day and then my own television show on the healthy living channel. And I'll tell you, it's a lifelong learning process because there's so much misinformation that we have to put the right information and get people to spend the money on the right products and the right things to do for their health and not just run for the next new thing that's promising you an easy fix. Definitely. Definitely. Well, thank you. you You know, I want to end the conversation telling you are in charge of your life. Yes. And don't forget it. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Natasha. My pleasure. You have a wonderful the rest of the day. And I hope everybody enjoyed the information. Definitely. Thank you. Well, it's not so good. I, yeah, I I know. And I think it was two episodes ago, I was like kind of blurbing about this episode because I had just recorded it at that point. And I was like, oh my God, I need to stop because the episode doesn't even release for like another month. But now you guys have heard it. And I will say, now that you've heard it, I would let it sink in and then re-listen to it because I know I still need to re-listen to it. And I have listened to it when editing it as well. She just drops, like I said in the beginning, so many truth bombs, so much just good knowledge and so much that I didn't know. And I have done some looking into gut health and things like that, but she had so much that I literally was just like, what? And so that was very interesting and really just got my brain working on how I want to change and incorporate some different you know, things in my life, et cetera. So um, like I said, at the end of the interview, I'll have all of her links below. So if you want to learn more, work with her, look into her probiotics, all of that stuff, you can just check the Instagram, her website, et cetera. Um, But before we end this week, the quote of the biweekly episode is going to be from, I don't know if I'm saying her name correctly, uh, Lupita Nyong'o. I believe it is. And the quote is, you can't rely on how you look to sustain you. What sustains us, what is it that, oh my God, I can't speak. You can't rely on how you look to sustain you. What sustains us, what is fundamentally beautiful is compassion. 
for yourself and for those around you. Let me reread that again without <laughs> muttering it up. You can't rely on how you look to sustain you. What sustains us, what is fundamentally beautiful is compassion for yourself and for those around you. What is fundamentally beautiful is compassion for yourself and for those around you. Ugh, that's so good. So good. And finally, to end this week's episode, something I'm grateful for. I am extremely grateful for, let me see. I'm really grateful for the work friends that I've made since starting at my new company. Um, I really enjoy just often sitting outside at lunch, chit-chatting, talking about different things, listening to and hearing different stories. It's just been so nice being back in an environment with people again, honestly. Um, so yeah, I'm just very grateful for that. I really enjoy, I really enjoy that office time and, and that lunch time. And yeah, so that's this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed the interview with Natasha. If you have questions or want to see anyone specifically, want to hear anything from me specifically on the podcast, you can always uh, reach out on Instagram at getfittywithitpod or email in at getfittywithitpod at gmail.com. As always, all those links will be below. Also, just a little plug, if you are looking for some outfit inspirations, I have been doing a, a weekly to bi-weekly outfit inspos on TikTok and Instagram. So make sure you check out those down below as well in the show notes. But with that, I will see you guys next time. Have a beautiful, beautiful two weeks and I sending so much love. Bye. Mm -hmm.